Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. This is your host, Mike Abadir, and I'm joined by co-host Pop DiBiase. And today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. I hope everyone had a very happy, fulfilling, keyword being filling, Thanksgiving with your uh, yourself and your, your loved ones. And uh, just a quick side note, because I've had a lot of people tell me, hey, the... The intro at the top still mentions Gino Bacola, but he hasn't been on in a long time, which is very true. And uh, Gino, he's working on, on big things and um, hope everything, all his endeavors flourish. Uh, but I think it's time that we're going to change up that intro. And uh, the guy that's doing the heavy lifting right now is Pop DiBiase. So I think he needs to get a plug in that intro somewhere, man. So, Pop, I'm, I'm thinking about you when I say what I said and uh, yeah, man. So let, let's get, let's get right after it. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing good, Mike. It's always a pleasure to be with you, man. And you know me, I got my show every day, but it's always good to have somebody else on the other end to talk to get my yeah. energy a little bit more, you know, but it's the first of the month, uh, the last month of the year. So let's have a, let's say we're going to have a great show because there's so much to talk about. Isn't that unbelievable that we're in the final month of the year? This year has just flown right by. One of the things that we usually don't get to talk about in December, any December really, is soccer. Uh, but here we are. I think it's a good starting point today. Uh, big congratulations to the United States of America. They weren't in the toughest group, Pop, but no. still advancing out of there. I mean, Germany didn't get out of their group. Which is they they the the German Federation? What was the word they used? I think they said it was something like, "It's this is a disaster," or I mean, it's like a big deal to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or he called oh sorry, he called it an absolute catastrophe. I mean, I think you kind of have to put things in perspective, Pop. When I think of absolute catastrophe, I think of something that happens that a bunch of people die or something. But that just tells you how important soccer is in some of these countries, man. I think, you know what, but Mike, I'm about to be devil's advocate a little bit. I think it's a bit of an exaggeration. Of course. Right, to be with you. It's just, you know, they just butthurt because the media was in love with them and they said that they were going to do this and do that. But I'm starting to look at the World Cup just like how we look at horse races. Hey, you could be the best, best, uh, uh, grade three uh, stakes horse there is. But when it's time to get to the Breeders' Cup, hey, everybody's good here. So, you know, you have to be ready for that. And I, I think that soccer has a big problem with already trying to confirm who's going to be moving forward. And I think that if you guys, if you're, gonna, if you're watching something, you have to take, you have to look at it in the sense like how the NCAA tournament is. It's wide open um, in a sense, but this should be way more wide open because these are the best teams in the world going at it. 
you know what I mean, without the Olympics being a part of it, to where you have to have other participants in it. No, 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 no. You have the teams that won, that went through the, the gusto. They won their country titles and all that good stuff. And, you know, I just really feel like Germany, you know, they were already had a lot of pressure on them coming into it. And I know a lot of people are really mad because Germany was very dominant in the uh, about 10 and the two prior to the last two, they were, they were really good. And so, you know, I think that they just all need to look at it in a sense and say that, you know, it just wasn't our time. It wasn't our year. And Germany was already in trouble right after they lost the first game. And they knew that. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, well put. I mean, look, this thing happens once every four years. And I think that's what makes it a bitter pill to swallow. It's like you gear up for this four-year cycle. I think it's tough also, though, because you have all these guys playing on their club teams, and they come in for some practices, and then they go back to their club teams. And you're doing this over a three-year period in preparation for that fourth year. It's not a lot of continuity, Pop. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the World Baseball Classic. It's kind of similar to that um but in my opinion i think it's easier to do it in baseball than soccer because soccer you know the way you play with your your teammates is an integral part of the game whereas that's not the case as much in baseball of course you need to have team chemistry and all that kind of stuff but baseball really is you know kind of a, a, a bunch of different individual sports all in one right because you've got the pitcher and the catcher working together they need to be on the same page right and then you have the infielders as kind of almost like a separate unit, you know, uh, outfielders, communication, and then your your hitting lineup. Uh, but as long as everybody does his part as an individual, you know, you could still have some success in soccer. I mean, it's all about spacing and where you put the ball and expecting that somebody's going to be there. And it's it's probably the most team oriented sport along with uh, the NFL. You know, without teammates, you can't really survive. Even at basketball, you can kind of be like a one-man show a little bit at least. But I guess my point is it's 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 tough to expect that every single time you're going to have this cohesion, which makes Brazil that much more amazing to me, is that they're always cohesive. You know, they're always getting out of the group stage. You know, they're kind of like Duke or North Carolina basketball. They're kind of like, you know, the Dodgers you know, it's just a team that you know is going to be getting to the playoffs every year, that type of thing. You know what I mean, Pop? I mean, that's yeah. that's Brazil. I mean, they are yeah. the cream of the crop, man. Um, you know, it's funny because a lot of people were very high in England after that first 6-2 to two game. But the U.S. defense, man, shut them down. They shut them down to that tie. So that, to me, told me, hey, the U.S. isn't here to fool around. They are serious players. And I think that defense... I'm not going to say it's a championship defense because I'd still like to see what it would do against like, you know, teams like Spain or Brazil. But um, I think they've got a good chance to get out of the knockout stage pop and beat the Netherlands. Well, you know, I hate hate the fact that they had to draw Netherlands because I'm heavy on the Dutch right now. And my precious Belgium got beat. You know, Belgium was the nut. Was it? I thought it was Belgium that they showed, and they said the number two team in the world. And I said I thought it was Belgium. No wonder why that guy said a whole generation was uh, wasted of wasted talent. I said, okay, so 
I really feel like America was able to get some excitement going for the country in a sense. You know what I mean? I think, though, I'll keep it real with you, Mike. It was a bit of an exaggeration, though, when we were saying that the whole world, the whole country is going to be watching. People got to go to work, too, Mike. So, you know, let's, and there were a lot of people watching the game and everything like that. But at the end of the day, we have we know – for real, for real, that they're not going to win this thing. They, but they're going to make a lot of excitement. They, they definitely will. So it will be great to see them beat the Dutch. But the Dutch are different. They're not, you know, England pressure. That was a pressure situation. Iran pressure situation. But Netherlands, you know, they're going to come into this thing and they're going to they they're going to see that okay, America, USA is a little tough here. So they're going to be a little bit more aggressive with them and take them a little bit more serious than I felt like, you know, well, not, you know, I, I think that England thought that they had an automatic W. I'll be honest with you. And Wells game, I didn't know how that Wells game was going to go. But Iran, I just hope, I was just hoping that they didn't have somebody run out on the field and get crazy. You know what I mean? Iran, because, you know, that that that's more of a political game right there in a sense. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's where the World Cup is one of the craziest events because you, you'll be like, we might have some countries over here playing each other that are actually at real odds with each other. So if there's something that happens on this field, it could be something internationally crazy. True. Yeah, very you know. true. I mean, what the crazy thing that could happen is, I just hope that those players from Iran, when they get back home, they're not executed. You know, uh-huh. at least we know that that doesn't happen here in the United States. You know, uh, uh, but you know, some of these countries, man, people, you know, um, yeah, where the politics is real hot and heavy, man, you never know what's going to happen to those guys. But if you think about it this way, shouldn't the U.S be beating the Dutch. I mean, our country is what, like 12 times bigger. I'm not even talking about land wise. I'm talking about population. Like how are, how can, how are we not whipping up on whales? How many people live in Wales? You, you know, I mean, like these are really tiny countries. That's the one thing that I don't understand. And people are like, Oh, well, people are getting into soccer more and more. I've been hearing that shit for like 30 years. Almost people in America getting more and more into soccer. Like, soccer should have landed, like, square in the midst of all the other sports once Pele came to the United States. Even though he was on the back end, but he was the biggest global superstar of the sport. So if he wasn't going to usher in an era, you know, and that was 50 years ago. I mean, that's before our time. So the, the U.S. has had plenty of time to ramp this up. And correct me if I'm wrong, Pop, but isn't soccer the youth sport that has the most kids playing in it of any sport? <laughs> because I'm going to be dead honest with you, because soccer is not hard to put together. Like, we go over to a park, you go buy a goal, and you go set it. You know, he had to set up any lines, Mike, and you just go over there and go play. You know what I mean? You throw out a ball and you can go play. That's why it's easy to put soccer together. But I would say that soccer was really soccer is able to have a lot of kids a part of it because they have a very good organization in AYSO. And AYSO is in literally every suburb in America. So 
you know, this is a good sport. It's organized. It got a little union and things to it. And so it's a good team sport. It's a good family sport. So I know it's a lot of people playing it because it's a suburban sport. And that's no pun intended. That's nothing about race or anything like that. But it's the facts. You know what I mean? Because everywhere I went with, if I had a cousin that lived in Walnut or a friend that lived in um, uh, San Fr- in the San Fernando Valley, they were they were at a soccer game because it's like it's an easy sport to get into. You're not charging parents an arm and a leg to play it. And then it's good organization. It's good team sport, things like that. And it's just an easy sport for your kid to get into because most times they're not going to like it afterwards anyway. They just want to go hang out and play with their friends. And really, I think a lot of people use it for younger children to so they can communicate better with, with – uh, other children you know what i mean that's what i that's who i see a lot playing it is the little little kids you know what i mean and um i really do feel like that and youth baseball are two things that are very important to our country on the teamwork part you know and i think that it's hard to really really say you want to have a small child in football or basketball because the competitive level and the the competitive level of the parents as well too because they just think that little Timmy they think that little Malik is going to be you know uh the the next Laker and they think that possibly could be the next Raider but you know when little Timmy goes out there and plays uh soccer they just want to go their kids just playing soccer when he goes out there and plays baseball he's just playing baseball so that's why you can get more kids in there because you don't have your parents just right there in the uh, middle you know demanding that the coach puts you in the game so you know it's just it's it's a good sport to get to know each other man i think that you know america has dropped the ball in a sense because they don't expand on it you don't have it on your TV. You don't have it. You don't. They don't. They don't have a, a, a MLS show. They they just don't do enough for soccer, in my opinion. And if they did, it would be a big deal. But at this point, right now, it's just going to still suffer. But when it's not suffering, but it's it's a game. I think that there's a lot of excitement to it because, as you see, I know I'm getting a little off topic, but. As you see, when uh, Seattle got their team a few years ago, that city went absolutely crazy for uh, that squad. And then when they brought the second L.A. team in, they splashed hard, got a beautiful stadium in uh, South Central Los Angeles. So, you know, um, and I say South Central, it's, it's, it's USC, y'all. It's just the the park. It's uh, the Coliseum, but, you know, it's next to the Coliseum, but it's the old sports arena. But Mike knows what I'm talking about. So pretty much they say it's L.A. I say it's South Central. So pretty much um, you you have that beautiful stadium right there that you can see um, on the 110 as well. So there's a lot of things that I can say about soccer that, that soccer can be a, a great sport in America within the next decade because I see something happening with basketball that's not good. You know what I mean? And I think that soccer, if they can start marketing it a little bit well, basketball, NBA, look out. That's all I can say. Uh, I'm curious what what is uh, what are you seeing in basketball that's making you um, uh, concerned? It's it's a political thing, and it's the 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 diva thing. It's the 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 selfishness in a sense. You know what I mean? It, it, hey, we're having a great guys scoring points and everything like that in the NBA, right? We're having a beautiful season, right, Mike? But the thing is, though, 
that it's not it's not conducive to good team basketball. So that doesn't really give the youth a good idea of what was happening and the way that they're picking and choosing basketball players nowadays. The whole youth sport movement is gone. You know what I mean? And as you said, there's just more oper- there can be more opportunities in soccer. If you were able to get an MLS to 20, 25 teams and then have a minor league up underneath it, man, you're booming. And I think that teams and cities will start looking at expanding a little bit more into the soccer realm because you're having such a great World Cup. Now, if the America's able to get to the to the group of eight or to the final four or something like that, that will be a booming situation. But basketball has kind of dipped its toe into a, a, a part of the pool that they shouldn't be in. And I just think that you got a you got a league that's losing a lot of that's losing a lot of money out, and they just don't have a star that can carry them on to the next uh, twenty years. LeBron James really, really, really overplayed that whole mantra of pass it, pass it to the next man, and it's like he won't give it up. And since you're not giving it up. We don't have any stars that we can really jump behind because we're still talking about Jordan. Come on, if you're still stuck in a in a, in one area, then you're not gonna. All you need is just another lockout, and the NBA is done, and the NBA is going into the uh going to where hockey and baseball and everything is at right now. Well, the but, two interesting things about the NBA that I'll just quickly point out is, um, to me, I find it mind boggling that there are other countries that consistently are beating us now on the global stage, international basketball. And yeah, the game's a little bit different or whatever, but come on, basketball is basketball. Right. You know, teamwork is teamwork. And we're, we're now at a point where teams don't fear the United States anymore. The other thing I wanted to ask you is, and we're about to hit the commercial break here, but is LeBron James even an attraction anymore? Like before people were like, you know, buying, you know, tickets to whatever their home team, looking at the schedule for when LeBron comes into town. Is it like that really anymore, or is that kind of over? No. Because it seems like he's been very saturated so much that people, like, don't miss him at all. Like, they get as heavy dose of him regardless. Maybe the worst thing LeBron ever did to himself was go Hollywood. When he came to Los Angeles and he left that whole we Cleveland uh, mantra and all that stuff, and I do this for Cleveland – See, Cleveland was a uh, is a hard luck city, man. I that's where my father is from. My mother's a little bit further down the road from Canton, but I do understand that city very well, man. And it's just like if Jim Brown came and played for the the Rams instead of just going and doing movies. See, he went and did movies, so they still love him in Cleveland, and they still love him all across the world. But LeBron left and came to, to the Lakers, the the most heralded franchise of all time, and pretty much they just just people it's like you know they don't they don't want that you know they love the lebron and cleveland story and i just think that and him being the big dog on a a mid-market team now he comes to la the most hated of the most hated team in sports so pretty much he's became one of the most hated players of all time so it all goes together you know, very well, and it's just not an attraction anymore because he's been in the league for 20 years. You're tired of watching that movie, just like we're tired of watching the Nick Saban show in the CFP. Good point, man. Let's carry on the conversation after the commercial break. We'll take a quick timeout, come back on the other side. More Pop TV Aussie.
right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the Mike Abadir Show with Pop DiBiase. We're just talking about some World Cup action. We integrated a little bit of basketball into the conversation as well. We could probably talk about a lot of these issues for an entire hour or more, but we're limited by time constraints, so... Let's move on to, I'm not going to call it America's pastime, but let's just say the sport that controls the ratings on television, which is football. And mm. I think a good starting point right now is college football. And then, and then we'll transition to the NFL in a moment here. But this college season, to me, when I look back on it, I'm going to see that it's maybe a little bit more wide open at the top than in recent years. It's not a given, in my opinion, whereas maybe you could just lock in Alabama to win the championship, you know, a bunch of times. I think this year there's a few teams that can contend for the title. I'm also going to think about chaos. To me, it's still extremely chaotic. There's a lot of disagreement about how to set up the playoff, the format, the number of teams, voting teams in. How do you get teams into the playoff? What do they have to do to get into the playoff? There's like no definition. It's not like all the other sports where, you know, you clinch. You clinch your spot. 
on the field or on the court. Here, it's not like that. And there's the politics and lobbying involved. And then there's Power Five Conference and then the everybody else. And I'm also going to think about a lot of uh, movement, these teams changing conferences and stuff. So it's a great product on the field, but it's chaos off the field, Pop. Yeah. And um, I just think that, you know, we got to get – I thought we would have had the A team by now, but – you know that yesterday the Rose Bowl finally just went ahead and said, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet and we're going to go ahead and we're, we'll go ahead and concede to whatever y'all want to do so we can not get – because literally this is what was told to them. If they don't want to oblige to what you know the NCAA wanted to do, we'll just pull you out the next TV deal then. And you cannot take the Rose Bowl out of the big TV deal, even though the Rose Bowl is literally the reason why college football is such a popular sport today because you had that game on New Year's Day, and it was about the sunset, Mike. It was about the sunset that happens during the game. They want to make sure the game is played at a certain time so the sunset can hit at 4.45 or 5 or something like that at the end of the third quarter. So it's going into night. It's all about the sunset. You know what I mean? Because they want to make it be real good for TV. This is uh, this is California. This is uh, movie land. So you know they were trying to make sure it looked good for that, and they held on to that. To so they said that the Rose Bowl was the holdup, uh, the reason why they didn't want to. You know they hadn't went expanding yet. And I said I think that's a little that that's a little bit much blaming the Rose Bowl for it. But you know they just want to keep tradition and i don't i don't blame them on trying to keep tradition so it's official there will be no more big 12 pack uh pack 12 uh rose bowl matchup unless they're put in the so literally i think they didn't want to lose the power of picking who they who they want to put in the rose bowl i think that's what it was so then they can guarantee the dollars that come to the city of pasadena my hometown so you know i but let me get to talking about the actual CFP. CFP is an absolute mess right now, in my opinion. I think that if we had a bigger playoff, then Ohio State doesn't have to sweat this weekend. Alabama doesn't have to sweat this weekend. They know that, hey, we're not going to be – we're not going to get a bye, but we're in this thing. And then you see USC come into the group, and everybody's so ready to already crown USC because they're back and all that good stuff. But they have a tough game coming up Friday. And TCU has a tough game coming up Saturday. But that's where you kind of have your issue at is where you say, man, TCU, if they lose, that will be messed up that they're 12-1, and beat six top 25 teams, and they're going to be put out. Simply because they don't like the Big 12, the committee. But if, say, Michigan loses, Michigan most likely would just drop to four. Even though losing to Purdue is would be a bad loss, but it's a championship game, and Georgia is already a fit. They Georgia locked it down because SEC pretty much has their lock in. SEC gave whatever committee the big check that they needed. No, and just know I'm kidding. This is all uh, satire, but it feels like the SEC gave them some type of check. That ensures the SEC will be there. SEC have an 8-3 team, and they'll probably say they'll, they're top four. So that's what I'm seeing is that we have it to where it should be more parity, but it's not because you're not challenging the top four teams. 
with the next best eight teams. Because if you put it into where they have it set up now and you get to that and you have that team coming to that next round, now we have it just like the NCAA big dance. So then we don't have to sit here and be like, well, it's a foregone conclusion Georgia wins. It's a foregone conclusion Alabama wins. No, they're going to have to really earn this thing. How are you going to be able to do this by getting through four games or three games? You know what I mean? It's, it, it, we're not playing, you know, you just get to go into a bowl game and y'all and you guys go crazy. And this actually helps from players opting out as well, too. It means you got to finish the job, man. You got to finish the mission. And it's it's well it's well overdue. I feel like bowls should not go anywhere because the MAC conferences uh, still need them. Sun Belt still needs them. And those teams that aren't in the top 12 still need them as well, too. And we all want to watch some bowl games. You know what I mean? But we want to make sure that we crown the right team. So if you have the top 12 teams a part of this situation, it makes total sense. But I feel like the college football knows that they're going into an area that they never wanted to go into. They they always looked at college the college football as a we've had a hard fought season. This is a very tough sport. Let's just have a bowl game and go home. And then when you went to make a playoff, it it used to be called Division Two. Now it's called the FCS. So they get a little jealous because they see that people get a little a little jealous because they see the FCS get settled in a certain way, but the SCS is an absolute mess. You'll have a your best team losing to a team that had no business being in the playoffs in the first place. And it's, it just, but you know that all that talent is literally on the same level. So that's why you're going to get a result like that. But with this, you don't have talent that's on the same level, but you do have a chance for upsets. And I think that when you bring 12 in, it just doesn't give everybody the cakewalk to getting a national title. You know what I mean? You had to really earn it. And then we get to still see the stars, too. So I think college football is is really just trying to get as much money as possible, you know, before they try to just – because. With NIL come with NIL being such a big deal now and with the transfer portal and everything like that, they just trying to get as many dollars as, as possible as, as people stay interested in. Because I'm telling you right now, NIL and portals are the possible killer of college sports in general. Because now you're playing a pros game, but you're still kids. And this is why, you know, I know a lot of people don't like my like my opinion, but I never wanted them to pay college students, man. I, I, and I know teams do this, did that to get an upper hand and ensure guys came to their schools and everything like that. But I still think that whoever made that rule knew what they were talking about. You know what I mean? 18, 22-year-old kid. Yeah, you can have a few dollars, but you know you're handing him a hundred thousand dollars. Where is he even focused on being a part of the team anymore? And that's and you know that's 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 just where it's a it's a real slippery slope with this thing, right? You know what I mean? Because then you start telling yourself, why don't we just have the the dev- developmental league for the NFL? Then, since college football is just not, you know, since we got two teams that are going to dominate and everybody else is just here. You know, you want to have some real – you want to start having some real parity in college football. And 
the 12-team playoff is a very good sign of having some parity. It is, but you know, you know what my big beef is with this whole thing? It's stupid that when you get your loss matters. So, like you mentioned, some of these games this weekend, like TCU and Kansas State and Michigan and Purdue. So you have a lot of these unbeaten teams, Georgia going against LSU. So you have unbeaten teams in conference championships against teams that have like three or four losses. Okay. So if these unbeaten teams lose, their position in the playoff is in jeopardy. But had they lost, had they gone 12 and one also, but lost that loss came in September, then it wouldn't be a problem. So to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense as to when you get your loss, it will determine whether or not you advance. That's just really silly, in my opinion. Now, others may come back and say, well, when you get the loss matters, because if you're going to be championship worthy to be in the playoff, then you should be peaking right about now. Yeah, okay. But I mean, in any one game scenario, you can't define a season based on one game. So that's kind of my beef with the process and the timing and the perception and the politics of it all. You know what I mean, Pop? Mm-hmm. I agree, Mike. I agree. See, college football just – it was – see, college football is just way too much money in the sport, right? It's all, that's all it is. It's just way too much money that has flowed in so fast. And then these these corporate folks are telling them, okay, this is what we need now. This is what we need now. And this is what we need now. And it's killing the product. And yeah, it's at an all-time high right now, but it's gonna start giving people a sour taste, a bad taste in their mouth, especially when they start having press conferences announcing that uh, we just got in the big transfer from Alabama to come to USC. You know what I mean? Because we got him the NIL check for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars from Rock Nation or something. You know, it shouldn't be about. I see. I said I see them talking more about NILs than guys that are actually. Good. You know what I mean? What are you doing? Okay, you got an NIL and you're averaging seven points a game. You I thought you I thought if we're paying you some money, you're supposed to come here and be getting 25 a game. Or are you supposed to be getting 300 yards a game? What are you what are you doing? You know, and I just feel like you know, we have we let's see how it goes, but don't ruin the traditions, man. You know, I hate the fact that the, uh, you know, Rose Bowl had to really submit to what they wanted them to do or be left out. So then you guys can throw in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl over the Rose Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, but at the end of the day, all they're trying to do, they are pining to move the Rose Bowl to L.A. from what I heard. But I said, you can't move the Rose Bowl from a stadium that's named the Rose Bowl. Just like, but then you move the Orange Bowl, right? You know what I mean? But I don't think that's the same situation because the Orange Bowl was absolutely terrible at the end. Rose Bowl has been actually upkept. So, you know, I just just hope that college uh, football stays, has keeps its traditions, man. That's all I wanted to do because that's why we watch it because we want to get away from the pro aspect of things. It's kids. It's, it's fun. Like, just like Ohio State losing and how bad their fan base was afterwards. Dude, it was a close game. Then the game, then then penalties happened. They fell apart. 
you know, how, how, what, what can you do when guys are scoring 80-yard touchdowns, man? There's nothing you can do. You know, all you do is get over it because at the end of the day, it's only college. It's only a game, you know? And I know it's your rival and everything like that, but you beat them for 16 out of the last 20 years. 16 out, you know? So, you know, it's, it's it just calm down because the kids, they, they go out there, they're the ones playing. And that's where I feel like now we're getting into this NFL element where people's feelings are hurt. You know, let's get over that. You know, at the end of the day, college sports really just shows you it's kids playing sports, even though they're they're they're, uh, you know, just got to the party of being an adult. They're still kids. You know, what I mean, because they don't their mentality is not the same mentality as ours, Mike. You know, what I mean, because we've actually lived they lived a little bit. So don't put so much pressure on them, man. And I just think with the money and all this other extra stuff, it's going to be too much pressure, Mike. All very valid points, Pop. Uh, make a lot of sense. And uh, I, I do want to touch upon something that you talked about, which is these young men getting these big-time checks from the nil deals. Uh, I just hope that there's some financial guidance for these guys to teach them, you know, how how to manage it. Because I'll tell you this much. If I received that kind of money at 18, 19, 20, 21, I guarantee you not a penny of it would be around until today. So how do you prevent that? You know, I think that's a lot of education. Yeah, because you just literally have to, like, Mike, you can teach a class on it, man. Now you have to get into the whole, now you probably have to do a workshop on how you got to uh, go about your money with this situation because a lot of these guys just want to take the money and give it right back to their family. And I'm just like, well, but that's great to give it right back to your family, but you're going to college right now. You know what I mean? Like, it, why don't we use it to, to enhance you on your books and, you know, get you, make sure you're paying for the best tutors and everything like that. Because I always, I keep saying this, I wouldn't want, I don't want to give, uh, if I was a, a program or something of that nature, I'm not giving you any money till you show me that you graduated. Uh, NIL needs to be more of a reward at the end of your college career than it is to get you to the school. That makes more sense in my opinion, Mike. Yeah, or at least maybe like a percentage of it needs to go into something like really, really steady and secure. I right. don't care whether whether it's gold, whether it's a mutual fund or something. I just want these guys to be able to have something to show for it when they're like 40 or 50 years old. You know, um, I, I want that money to grow for them and not get blown on stupid stuff you know i'll tell you this much before we go to commercial break there's a player i'm not going to mention his name but there was a player a few years back when i was spending a lot of time with the raiders organization and the player had uh was a rookie and one of my buddies on the team was like hey we're all going to get a limo and go out to such and such club in san francisco so i was like cool let's go so when we went it was all Raider players and girls that Raiders invited, but nobody else in the club. And I was like, what's up with this? And he's like, oh, yeah, the rookie uh, spent $50,000 to rent out the club all night. Like, how big of a waste of money is that? Right. $50,000 for, for a Saturday night in San Francisco. I don't care what size check you're getting. That's just foolish. 
you know, I could see bottle service spent maybe two, three G's, you know, maximum, but 50 G's, that just shows that other aspects of his life, he's blowing money too. So that wasn't the only thing, I guarantee you. And so, you know, when you're talking about some of these young, young men getting all this money, it's like, what else do you have to do with it? You know what I mean? Like, you don't have kids and pressures and bills and stuff like that. You're going to blow it. So that's kind of my thing is about the education of it all. But Pop, we got to pay bills. We got a commercial to get to. So let's take our final commercial time out. We'll come back, talk some NFL right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment on the Mike Abadir Show. We are saving the best for last. Of course, talk about the NFL. Pop, let's start with the big quarterback change, something that we've been waiting for for a couple of years now, which is the re-debut of Deshaun Watson. The whole situation is odd, is emotional, is... Um, there's a lot of adjectives that we could probably include to discuss a situation. The young man has not been convicted by a court of law for anything yet. There's a lot in the you know news and media about 
Deshaun Watson, you know, accusers going to his first game in Houston and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of an ugly situation, man. But at the end of the day, Cleveland traded a lot to get him. And they're now going to see what they get, even if they're not a playoff team. You know, maybe they could go on a run. I don't know. So I guess, what are your thoughts of it on from an X's and O's perspective? What are your thoughts about it from an off-field perspective? Well, off the field, I just think that, you know, it was the sweepstakes, man. That lawyer was a that lawyer right there, man, is a is a straight is literally a criminal, you know, because at the end of the day, you you find 26 young ladies to go ahead and, you know, just to feel like they were very uncomfortable. You know, what I mean, and then once he says a hundred a hundred thousand, I think what was it like five at first? And then he said, OK, I'm selling for a hundred thousand Then 15 more came out. So it sounds like everybody, you know, it, it, it don't look good on their end. But them going to the game and everything like that, that's cool. All, but I think that there's just – that's just trying to get more attention. You know what I mean? And that's that's literally saying that you you want to make sure that he knows that you're here. He definitely knows that you're here. You, you all got $150,000 speech. But we don't know what happened. That's why I'm not – trying to get all over to shine about it, but I'm not putting it on them either that, you know, what what happens because I know that women get taken advantage of, but I know that women be lying too. So, you know, it's it's a it's a double-edged sword in a sense, right? But I'm going to just leave it at that because I don't want to get anybody riled up or anything like that. Uh, but on an X's and O's point, Cleveland, this is what the doctor, this is what, the, what they've been missing Jacoby Brissett was a great backup, great game manager, great leader. But there was a lot of points and times where you knew if Deshaun was in the game, they could go ahead and easily win the game by 10 points and not be in a game where they had to have a, a – where they lose by three. You know what I mean? And I know that Jets game with Deshaun, that would have never happened. That Deshaun, they probably would have beat them by 20 that day. And I'm just saying, if you had Deshaun Watson playing, the Browns are probably 9-2. and two. You know, because they had two really bad losses. That's it. So, you know, the Browns. Then you got Nick Chubb in the backfield as well, too. So you have a real good RPO type of situation coming up with Cleveland right now. Then you got Amari Cooper. Now this team has got guys pro bowlers galore. And then you got three on the uh, offensive line as well. You know, if they could have had this all season, the Browns would have been a top team in the NFL. And they can go ahead and finish finish the job if they just go ahead and, you know, can win these last six in a row. And I looked at their schedule, and it's possible, Mike. It's very possible. All good points from Pop DiBiase. Another situation that's going on actually right as we speak, allegedly, Antonio Brown is in a standoff with police at this very moment. He's got an arrest warrant for domestic battery, He's alleged to have guns in the house, and he is, uh, like I said, in, in a standoff with police. I don't exactly know the details, but that kind of tells me that they're out there with a the microphone telling him to come out with his hands up. He's saying, no, I'm not going anywhere. And um, this has the makings of an ugly, ugly situation. You know, I just hope that he doesn't do anything to jeopardize his life or his kids' life or any police life. 
And I hope that the police respect his life and that this can go away peacefully, Pop. Doesn't doesn't sound good. Well, you know, I'm just like another standoff. Like, didn't that happen when he beat up the uh, the moving moving guy? And I'm not trying to make lighthearted jokes of this, but it's just like another episode of the AB show. This is, is damn near a HBO sitcom, a HBO uh, Sunday show now. You know what I mean? You had the show with The Rock. Now you got the show with AB, and AB was literally who that character was, uh, Denzel's son, on the show. That's like literally how AB's career is going right now. You know what I mean? Um, in a sense. So it's really funny that this is happening to him, but I just think that AB's feelings are still hurt that the NFL don't want him no more, man. And I just know he wants to play football so bad, but he wanted to be famous so bad, too. And this is what happens with with the price of fame. So he's just gonna have to he's gonna have to really grow up. And I just think that he's scared of jail, and that's why he's not trying to come out because he did something very very serious. Yeah, man. Apparently, he's locked himself in his place, and like I said, it can't be a good situation. Uh, it depends on adamant the police are about getting him out. If they're truly not leaving until he comes out, then this. There's a chance that this thing doesn't end well. But we want to stick to positive stories here. Just wanted to make a quick mention of that one. But want to talk a little football on the field, NFL. Uh, you had made a comment off the air before we got started that the Raiders could be in the midst of a run here. Why do you feel that way? And well, what are your what are your reasons for it? What makes you optimistic that the Las Vegas Raiders can actually make a run, whether it be for a wild card spot or just to end the year strong? Well, it's because the Raiders just have had they've been the hard luck kids all season, Mike. You know that because they had one game where they had a real they 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 were soundly beaten. The rest of their games they could have won, man. They could have won those games. And I'm looking at the schedule now, Mike. You got the Chargers, who you've been splitting with the last few years. And the Chargers, to me, are so inconsistent. You win one, you lose one. You win one, you lose one. You lose two, you win two. That's the Chargers. Okay, so the Chargers have won one. So this week they have to lose one. And then you have the Rams. The Rams are abs- absolutely have melded in, and next week we'll have a great uh, talk about them as well, too. Rams have melded in. New England will probably be a tough game, but it's going to be a good game for them as well, too, because New England doesn't have the greatest offense, and I think uh, McDaniels knows exactly uh, what to do to beat Bill Belichick. And then you have Pittsburgh, which will be a tough game because they got to go to Pittsburgh, but – the Raiders are good enough to beat them as well, too. And then this is where it's tricky at. How well will San Francisco be so ahead at that point to where they want to rest starters? And we definitely know Kansas City is not playing Mahomes the final game of the season in Vegas. Because the Raiders, we know that's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen. So the Raiders could walk out of this thing, win in the last uh, six, man, and get themselves last eight out of the season and get themselves into the playoffs. But they got to win every game to even think about the playoffs. But 
what they can do is win the next five out of six and have a winning season and salvage, you know, a lot of things, in my opinion. Like Derek Carr's continuance is the quarterback. Interesting point. You know, I'd be a miss if I didn't. Yeah. Well, look, uh, we do spend some time talking about the Raiders, but I also want to spend some time talking about the AFC East and the NFC East. Both teams, the entire divisions are above 500. Uh, Philadelphia could probably make a claim. Uh, Dallas can probably also make a claim for being top teams in the NFC, along with the Vikings and the 49ers. Maybe the Seahawks and the Giants kind of have a beef with being excluded from that. But the AFC East dons some teams that could make some noise in the playoffs. At the bottom, the Patriots and the Jets, they're defensively oriented teams. And anytime you have that in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. A team shuts down an offense, they get an early field goal, early lead, and they get some positive momentum going. It's ripe for an upset. At the top, top, Miami and Buffalo have two of the best offenses in the entire conference. And these teams have some firepower. Uh, The only team that has more firepower than them in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think that whoever wins the AFC East, you pencil them in for the AFC Championship game, Pop. Uh, I think that the Jets are not making the playoffs. To be honest with you, the Patriots are on the, the Patriots aren't even in the playoff hunt right now. So I think that you'll get two out of there. I think with the NFC East, though, that's crazy right there. They got four teams that are seven wins or better right now. But I already know what's going to happen. The Giants are ready to fall apart. That's 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 inconceivable. It's going to happen. They've already lost their last three out of four. And it looks like that when you look at the schedule, they're in a tough spot. So – I truly do feel you got a good point with whoever wins the East could possibly get to the AFC championship game. But, man, Buffalo is just so good. And they're going to show that in the next few weeks when they play all three of these teams in a row. And I'm just telling you right now, Miami is a team that I know will run into trouble as soon as they get into the playoffs. I hate to to talk like this, but I know as soon as they get into that wild card weekend, they're going home. It's just – they're going home. Is is that they got a lot going on for themselves, but a lot of their wins early in the year could have went the other way, and then they're not even in the playoff race. I think for Miami, it's truly dependent on where do they play in the playoffs. Right. Because they're a team that needs to be in that warm weather. It's always been that case. Historically, always been you give them a warm, dry field, and they could do their thing. You put them in the cold they're probably going to be exiting quickly. They can't go to Arrowhead early in the playoffs or Buffalo early in the playoffs or Tennessee early in the playoffs because chances are they don't win those games. Imperative for them to win that division, host a game, maybe even two games. So Miami's success lives and dies based on home field possibilities. And, not, uh, you know, the only probably road teams that they could go and be comfortable are the Raiders and the Chargers. And right now, at least, doesn't look like it'll line up that either of those teams would be hosting a playoff game. So, bottom line, Miami has to win the AFC East. Pop, we're about to wrap up the show. Give me one solid pick for the weekend, pro or college. 
All right, so I'm going to give you my – well, I usually do NFL for you, but I'm going to do college for you. And I'm going to be bold here. I love TCU. I love the season TCU has had, but I'm going to keep it real. I think K-State comes in here and beats them uh, because they own – they was up 28 to 10. But real quick, just one more. And USC does not make it through the weekend. Utah wins the game tomorrow night. You know what? I'm going to piggyback on that. That's my play of the week is Utah. I think the upset SC, unfortunately, for Trojan fans. But that's all the time we have this week, Pop. Thank you, as always. Thank you to our sound engineer and team with Voice America. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.